Good morning, church. You have your Bibles. We are in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 121. If you'd like to turn there in just a few minutes, we'll be there. I wonder if you've ever treaded water. We're in the midst of a sermon series that we're calling Just Don't Tread Water, moving onward and upward in the life of faith. What about you? Have you ever felt like you were drowning? Maybe figuratively, drowning in debt, drowning in emotions of depression or self-doubt, drowning in sorrow, drowning in grief. Or, or maybe you have actually come close to actually physically drowning. During the spring break of my senior year in high school, I went on a camping trip with a group of 10 or 12 friends. One of these friends was the son of a police officer, and his father had secured a a camping area for us at a, a small private beach park that was owned by the Police Benevolent Association. The area was very secluded and it was gated and only accessible to police officers and their families and friends. Well, this particular week, we were the only group in the park. One morning, while some of our group were cooking breakfast, I took a walk on the beach with a girl. I liked her. And I thought that she liked me. At one point, we were walking along the beach, and she kicked some water at me, splashing me, and laughed. So I kicked some water back at her, and she laughed, and she began running down the beach, down the shoreline, along the water's edge, and I I chased her. And as I I was just about to catch her, she kind of spun and went out a bit further into the water, And then in a moment, she dropped into a a hidden hole where the beach dropped off quickly. And she was instantly in water deep enough where her feet could not touch the bottom. Her head went under the water and then she came back up and she yelled, help! I thought she was playing around. And she went under the water again and came back up looking terrified. And I jumped into the water, and I began to swim toward her. And before I could get to her, she went under again. And then came back up, and she said, I can't swim. And my first thought was, we live in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. We're surrounded by water. We live on an island. Who doesn't know how to swim? I reached her, and I got behind her, trying to to hold her with one arm while I treaded water with my feet and my other arm. But she was panicking, and she began to struggle unreasonably. I felt myself getting weaker, trying to hold her up and tread water. And then I realized that we were in the midst, in the middle of an undertow an undercurrent that flowed out from that deep spot out into the ocean. It was carrying us further away from the beach. Now, I knew what to do to swim sideways 
parallel to the beach to get out of the undertow so that you can swim back to the beach. But I couldn't do that because she was struggling. And I felt myself about to go under water. And then I looked to the beach and there I saw some of my friends. And with my one arm that I was treading water with, I put it up and I yelled as loud as I could, Help! My friends on the beach saw us and they waved back. It was then that I thought, I could die here. And I wasn't so fond of that girl anymore. But I remember in just a moment, in just a moment, saying some kind of a quick prayer to God. God help us. Help us. It was a troubled time. And then, out of nowhere, a guy on a surfboard paddled right up to us. And he quickly got off his surfboard and he said, help me. And we both grabbed the young lady and hoisted her onto his surfboard. And then we held on to the surfboard as together we paddled parallel to the shore, got out of the rip current, came back into the beach. By that time, my friends on the beach realized what was happening and they came running down to us and they said, we're sorry, we thought you were playing and joking around. We didn't know you were in trouble. And as we were kind of talking and trying to console this young lady who was unconsolable, I looked around and realized the guy with the surfboard was gone. Now, we were in a private park. We'd been there for two days already, and we'd not seen another soul, just our group. In my time of trouble, help came. And now, nearly 40 years later, I choose to believe my help came not just from an anonymous surfer, but from the God who made the beach, who made the heavens and the earth, who made that foolish young teenage boy and girl. You know, we live in unusual times. We are surrounded by uncertainty. There is a pandemic, civil unrest, political upheaval and animosity, financial insecurity. And we need hope in troubled and uncertain times. And so today's text points us to the only true source of that hope. I'd like to read to you Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth. And 
forevermore. Now there are times in our lives when we face an uncertain future. Perhaps we've graduated from college and we don't have a job. Or we've been laid off from work. Or we've received a terrible diagnosis from our doctor. Or we've been involved in an accident that's caused injuries to ourselves or others. Or we have aging parents whose health is failing. Or we have children who are making destructive choices. Or we face a worldwide pandemic that we're we're told may get worse before it gets better. Or we live in a society that is politically polarized, more focused on defeating our opponents than in pursuing peace. And in times like these, how do God's people deal with the uncertainties of life? From where does our help come? Well, the good news is that there is an answer to that question. We are certainly not the first people to wrestle with the uncertainties of life. Psalm 121 is one of 15 psalms that are together known as the Songs of Ascent. Last week, Bruce began this sermon series and he taught us that these psalms were likely sung by pilgrims as they traveled to Jerusalem for the annual feast at times. And you could say that this list of psalms was their playlist. Songs that they would sing together as they traveled the dangerous roads to Jerusalem. Those songs reminded them of their great and mighty God. And so today our psalm shows us how God helps his people by carefully watching over them. And I want us to see how God watches over us in four distinct ways. And the first is this. God assures us of his help. Now the city of Jerusalem was located on a hill. And the temple, which at that time is where God would uniquely meet with his covenant people. The temple was located on the highest point of the city, on Mount Zion. And so as the people traveled from distant places towards Jerusalem. As they approached, they could see the city way off in the distance with the temple rising up above it all. And as they walked those roads, they sang, I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come? And then there was a a beautiful affirming response. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Well, this response affirms that God is the creator of heaven and earth. He has created every galaxy, every planet, every star, and earth itself. He created the hills and the valleys. He created the animals and the birds and the fish and every human being. He created every molecule and every atom, even every virus. See, there's nothing, nothing that God did not create. And the point of this affirmation is that God assures us in the midst of this creation of His that He's here to help us. As we travel through life, as we encounter trials and terrors, as we face uncertain futures, 
we can say with great and with certain confidence, my help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. You see, friends, God assures us who are His blood-bought children of His help. And God helps us because He loves us. The Apostle Paul so beautifully put it this way in Romans chapter 8, in verse 31 and 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And then he concludes those thoughts down in verse 37 when he says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, not powers, not height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so today, may we remember that God assures His children of his help. But God is not just our helper. God also assures us, secondly, of his vigilance. His vigilance. You know, the road to Jerusalem was not a super highway, it was no multi lane interstate, it was not even a, a two lane country road. The roads were rugged and they were treacherous at times. One could easily slip and fall off a cliff. Or perhaps twist an ankle and be in great pain in the midst of the desert. There were even bandits and thieves along the way. And so as the pilgrims traveled toward Jerusalem, their song now switches from the first person to the second person. That is, they begin singing to one another encouraging one another with these words in verses 3 and 4. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will, will neither slumber nor sleep. You see, God is always vigilant. The word vigilant means to keep watch, to stay awake. It's because God doesn't sleep. He never takes a cat nap. He doesn't get so busy watching over his entire creation that his eyelids get heavy. Someone once asked the Greek general, Alexander the Great, how he could sleep so soundly when he was surrounded by so much personal danger and those seeking to take his life. And he replied that Parmenio, his faithful guard, was always watching. You see, church, God is always watching over us. He will neither slumber nor sleep so that we can sleep peacefully. But that, that's so often not our experience, is it? You ever lie awake at night? Your mind racing? Do you wake up long before the alarm goes off, fretting 
about your uncertain future? You ever worry about how you might stumble or fall? Wonder about what will befall us or trip us up? So we must be reminded of these words. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He will neither slumber nor sleep. For our God is a God of help. And our God is a God of vigilance. Then God assures us that He's also our guardian. He assures us of His guardianship. The travelers encouraged one another in verses 5 and 6 with these words, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. You see, the sun in Israel is brutally hot in the daytime. And then the moon's light was thought by by some in ancient times to cause a, a disordered mind. You know, the Latin word for moon is luna. It's the same word we get our English word, lunatic. People actually believed that. That lunacy could come in the moonlight. But what the the psalmist really wants us to see here in, in this figurative language is that nothing, nothing, either of the day or the night, can harm us if God is keeping guard. God is our covering against calamity, He is our shade against the visible perils of the day as well as the hidden perils of the night. And we frequently face perils, don't we? Visible perils are the ones that we can see, that we can anticipate. Maybe it's decreasing or no income or age-related health issues and so on. We see those things coming, and yet we're still threatened by them. And then there are then the hidden perils, the things that we can't see, that we can't anticipate, like an unexpected illness or death or a forest fire or a worldwide pandemic. And while these perils can be scary, and they can bring great anxiety and seem even impossible to overcome, the truth is, in the midst of these perils, God assures us of His guardianship. And so we must be reminded of these words. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade. He is our guardian. Walking with us, Strengthening us for the journey, guiding us if we follow. So we see God assures us of his help and his vigilance and his guardianship. And then finally, God assures us of his protection, his great protection. The pilgrims traveling to Jerusalem encouraged one another of God's ever widening promises. Not only will God protect them during their journey from stumbling, He will protect them in the whole of their existence. And so they sang to one another, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. 
the Lord will keep your going in and your coming out from this time and forevermore. The Hebrew word for keep, keeps, keeper. You notice it coming up a lot in this little psalm? It's there six different times. Listen to these. He, he who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. He is our protector. In the little New Testament book of Jude, way back at the end of your New Testament, Jude concludes his letter with this prayer, borrowing a bit from Psalm 121. Listen to his words. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. In, in his prayer, Jude reminds us that God is not saying we'll never fall into trouble or difficulty. The reality and the truth is we often fall into trouble and calamity, don't we? What he is saying is that in spite of our stumbling in this broken, messed up, confused, ridiculous world at times that we live in, for those who know Jesus, we can be assured that we will be brought safely through glory. And so you see, God assures us of his help, his vigilance, his guardianship, his protection. Those are wonderful truths. And we spent a few minutes analyzing those concepts from Psalm 121. But, but friends, we have to now live out these truths. We have to fully put our hope in God in the midst of troubled times. And so our hope cannot rest in a vaccine or in economic aid or in government intervention. Our hope cannot rest in a person or a philosophy or a political party. Nor can our hope rest in an ideology or an opinion or in a way that seems right to us. Your hope is in any of those things. It is a misplaced hope. Because our hope must fully rest in Jesus Christ. And in the help and the salvation and the way that only He provides. About 40 years ago, a pastor and a poet and a theologian, a man by the name of Eugene Peterson, wrote a book on the Songs of Ascent. The book is entitled, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And in the book, he asks this question, as we face an uncertain future, what should we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ think? And I want to close the message with a few of his words. He writes, The Christian life is not a quiet escape to a park where we can walk and talk uninterruptedly with our Lord. 
nor a fantasy trip to a heavenly city where we can compare blue ribbons and gold medals with others who have made it to the winner's circle. No, the Christian life is going to God. In going to God, Christians travel the same ground that everyone else walks on. They breathe the same air, drink the same water, shop in the same stores, are citizens under the same governments, pay the same prices for groceries and gasoline, fear the same dangers, are subject to the same pressures, get the same distresses, are buried in the same ground. The difference is that each step we walk, each breath we breathe, we know we are preserved by God. We know we are accompanied by God. We know we are ruled by God. And therefore, no matter what doubts we endure, what accidents we experience, the Lord will preserve us from evil and He will keep our life. And so, brothers and sisters, Today, today, and every day going forward, may we put our hope in God, and only in God, in the midst of these troubled times.